0: go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment that's cloudoptimizer.com bring on off the hook sports.com your home for real news real opinions and what really matters about tennessee athletics the off the hook podcast at off the hooksports.com or facebook youtube twitter or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play tunein iheart like share follow
1: subscribe off the hook with dave Hooker starts now here we go with Josh Ward. I am Dave Hooker. We are off and running on this uh, Monday, wherever you're watching or whenever you're watching. Uh, that's when we record. So we've got plenty to talk about from the weekend brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Great panoramic views that are right downtown. You'll love Zool Beer Company. Please like and subscribe too. We appreciate those. that It's over the weekend as the YouTube page continues to grow. So that is exciting. I tell you what's exciting is Josh Ward. How are you, sir? Good, Dave. We're getting closer to football. Very good. Yeah, Ryan Brown had a uh, with our, our friend that is with the next round live had some cryptic Facebook page that this is the last week that we don't have football this upcoming weekend. I guess he's assuming to the NFL preseason games, but it is, it is getting here. I think this is the beginning of the last week with no football, so that's exciting.
0: Yeah, NFL camps have already started opening up, so uh, I'm guessing what he's talking about there. We're getting close to the Hall of Fame game, and then you have exhibition games. So, yeah, football is here. High school football will be starting soon, and college camps are about to open up. So most media days are behind us. Big Ten still has to go, but as far as I'm concerned, football is essentially here.
1: Yep, and uh, with – Uh, media days over the weekend I wanted to get to that but sure enough we have I'm sure it was an accidental news dump on a Friday afternoon Tennessee with the notice of allegations that happens right about four o'clock I guess Ah, I was a little earlier on on Friday afternoon but let's get to that because that is the topic of conversation and then we'll we'll, talk more ball but you have the notice of allegations that that come down. There are two numbers basically: eighteen level one allegations, and then you have sixty thousand dollars. So the way it strikes me, Josh, and I do see the way it strikes you. Eighteen is a lot. That means widespread. Sixty thousand for however many prospects we're talking about is not a lot of money. That's how it struck me. How did it strike you?
0: Yeah, about the same. Um, that tells me they didn't find all the money, but man. Tennessee's former staff members were really lazy in covering up what they were doing. And when they were on campus, it it was not that big of a secret what was going on. Uh, When Brian Niedermeyer was winning national recruiter of the year, there was talk of, well, there, there might be a way of how this is getting done. And it turns out that the reason that that was floating around so easily is because they weren't covering tracks very well, according to all this information that's coming out. So, The financial side I don't think is a big deal. The way Tennessee has handled this appears to be good for the university. Dave, if you want to ask, you can. I'm not going to be able to give you a prediction of what this means in terms of what the NCAA will do because nobody ever knows what the NCAA is going to do. But uh, in terms of handling this from a compliance standpoint, Tennessee has done very well. Now, did Tennessee do this in a very public manner to save money and the buyout with Jeremy Pruitt? I would say obviously yes but uh tennessee has already self-imposed penalties i had a friend on friday in a text thread say sixty thousand dollars that's it ignore this it's like well ignore what they've already self-imposed penalties so (laughs) there's nothing to ignore tennessee's already self-imposed they just will hope that that's enough and time will tell with the NCAA if it
1: is yeah talk about the self-imposed penalties if you can for those that may have missed it um and I'm not going to ask you to predict what the NCAA is going to do, but I'm going to ask you to predict what the NCAA is going to do. So you just your, your thoughts on what Tennessee has done to be cooperative at this point and what might happen, I won't hold you to it.
0: Yeah, Tennessee has self-imposed scholarship reductions, which they're about to move on from because that was over this past year. And I think it affected how many players Tennessee could have brought in this past spring because uh, that, there was a total scholarship number issue. Now, what helped Tennessee last year while dealing with a reduction, they had super seniors who did not count against the number. So, like, when you hear the number Jeremy Pruitt ta- – excuse me, Josh Heupel talks about – we're talking about Jeremy Pruitt. When Josh Heupel talks about the number of scholarship players they had last year, he, he doesn't include the super seniors because they didn't count against the number. They were on the roster, though. So, a Matthew Butler and a Avalis Jones coming back, guys that were serious impact players in the field – didn't count so that helped Tennessee so the timing actually was okay what's the NCAA going to do I don't know if if I had to guess which it's a hundred percent guess my guess is that they would maybe add something else on there but that's all that it is Uh, it it has to be good for Tennessee that in the notice of allegations the NCAA acknowledges what Tennessee has done and kind of props Tennessee up as the standard of how you should comply So if you're trying to hold out hope that nothing else happens, that's what you obviously point to. But, Dave, I'm telling you, nobody ever knows. So anytime somebody tries to tell you what's going to happen with the NCAA, it's a total guess. The 18 level one violations is not something to to just ignore. I think people want to look at the money first, and that's not a significant amount. It's not nothing, I guess. But I I don't know how much the NCAA would have cared, 60,000 versus 200,000, maybe some. Uh, The level one violations, the number of them, is the big deal? The fact that all those people that are there are now gone, that should help Tennessee.
1: I would agree. That definitely uh, helps Tennessee. I want to remind you to go to Zool Beer Company. Uh, Zool Beer Company, they've got the great panoramic views and the fantastic award winning uh, craft beers that are right there at Zool Beer Company. Go to ZoolBeerCompany.com. And Josh, I look back at Philip Fulmer's legacy and he's going to be remembered ultimately for the 98 national championship season there's no question about that but yeah as as kind of the 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 drop down the next graph to when you write his wikipedia file i mean this has to be mentioned this has to be a hire that he made that ended up embarrassing the university what are your thoughts on philip fulmer's level of blame in this whole thing Well, in terms of Jeremy Pruitt in that three-year span, I mean,
0: Philip Fulmer made the hire. He came back as the athletic director and the hire ended up being a disaster for the program. So, you know, when you look at leaders, people that are in charge, are you responsible for it or not? So I would say yes uh, to that aspect. For the legacy, honestly, Dave, I don't think it's going to play that big of a role. I think it's going to be more of what happens next. And I think Tennessee fans like Josh Heupel a lot. And if, If he doesn't succeed, then the blame is going to go to Donnie Plowman and Danny White, and we will have moved on in that conversation. So you had the Mike Hamilton era, Dave Hart, John Curry, Philip Fulmer. If this one doesn't work out, I don't think people are going to be coming back to Philip Fulmer. I think people are going to be saying, what's going on at the University of Tennessee? Why can't we get it right? So uh, it's definitely on the bio, and if you want to talk about Responsibility. I mean, the people in charge are supposed to be responsible, right? So it obviously was. Uh, it was probably the worst hire they could have made in in hiring Jeremy Pruitt at that time. Uh, that includes the candidates that John Curry went after and the other candidates that Philip Fulmer considered. I Me, mean, Mel Tucker was a finalist. How good of a hire would he have been compared to to Jeremy Pruitt? But in in the legacy
1: conversation, I honestly don't think that it's going to play much of a role at all. The reason I agree with you so strongly is because I almost felt like, listen, Philip Fulmer looks out for himself. He loves the University of Tennessee, but he he loves Philip Fulmer just a little bit more. And that's understandable. We all have our own motivations, but it felt like he was asked to help. Now, I'm sure he wanted more power. Don't get me wrong. But it did feel like he stepped in at a time. He could have had Mel Tucker, you're right. But it it felt like he stepped in at a time that the university needed him, and it wasn't a very easy job to take over because of all that had preceded it. Yeah, I agree with that. It it was a terrible time to take over. Now,
0: what role did – Philip Homer play in Tennessee, believing he needed to be the guy to come in. I mean, that's, that would be an important part of the discussion to try to figure out. Uh, it's just that the hire was so bad. I mean, you could have hired essentially any other candidate that you could have come up with. And the person probably would have done less damage than Jeremy Pruitt ended up trying to do. I don't know. You know, part of it too, is they didn't win. You know, if, if Tennessee were seven and three, instead of three and seven in 2020, I don't think we're having this conversation, but they went three and seven. So they were, they were bad on the field. They had a, they had a weird, but ultimately successful 2019 season, but the 2018 was no good. 2020 was terrible. And then you had everything that was happening behind the scenes, but I'm telling you on the recruiting trail in the world of college football, it was no secret. What was probably going on at Tennessee. It was just a matter of, Did somebody want to look into it? And when Tennessee was no longer winning in 2020, Tennessee wanted to look into it.
1: Well, and yes, there it it was no secret. The good news is that there weren't McDonald's bags actually full of cash. According to the report I read, it was long. It's 51 pages. Unless I missed something, Josh, at least they weren't stuffing money in McDonald's bags. We've got that. No, just uh, expensive meals at McDonald's that were
0: going into the bag. So if that makes you feel better, sure. Uh, I'll tell you this, the jokes are never going to go away. So Arkansas fans and Florida fans and Michigan fans, when they want to make McDonald's bag jokes, they're still going to make them.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And um, I thought one of the things that was most disturbing, Josh, is the the widespread – uh infractions i mean not only assistant coaches hey i get it i think there are a lot of programs that they have the one main coach and they have the bag man assistant coach and those are the only two people that really know about it but this there were like five coaches four support staffs and jeremy pruitt's wife did the dog not get involved i can't figure out why he didn't think it was a better idea to keep it a little more quiet. That's the thing that befuddles me about the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's baffling, honestly, uh, because,
1: you know, Jeremy
0: Pruitt's been around college football for a long time. Brian Niedermeyer uh, somewhat. He had not played a big role, uh, neither had Shelton Felton, until getting to Tennessee in terms of a big Power Five program. But uh, I would have thought that they would have understood that, you need to be a little more cleaned up in how you're going to do your dirty business. And for whatever reason, that was not the case, but using university issued phones is just so stupid that it baffles the mind that, that it could have happened, but it did. Uh, Andy Staples wrote one of my favorite college football columns ever several years ago uh, for sports illustrated at the time. And it was cheating for dummies and talked about burner phones and it talked about, Cash, I think Cash was three of the seven rules, something like that. Uh, go check it out, and you know who should have checked it out: Jeremy Pruitt and his staff members. Because it wasn't that they're cheating. I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to condone that type of behavior. But th- that's how it works in college football. That's just the reality. Like it or not, it's perfectly fine to not like it. Cheating happens. It happens at a bunch of schools in the SEC. Maybe all of them. But the other coaches at the other schools that are doing it are not stupid enough to make it easy to track.
1: Well, I shopped for a burner phone recently, and it's not because I'm Hugh Freeze. It's because I um, wanted a third camera when we were broadcasting from SEC Media Days. They're only about $39 a month, Josh. I mean, to not insure yourself for $39 a month is... I'm sorry that passes the I'm just cheating to I'm just stupid category. Yeah, I mean it would
0: uh, it would come across that way. And I honestly I am surprised. Like you know Jeremy Pruitt we can make the asparagus jokes and all that. He had, he had been at Florida State, he had been at Alabama for a long time and for him to be at charge at Tennessee, like he he knew they needed to get the big time recruits. Well, he also knew how they needed to get the big time recruits. But to just allow it to be so blatant and so obvious is unexplainable. It it really is. And, you know, if you're you're a part of the investigation, you're looking into this, if Tennessee's trying to get out of the buyout, they have to be super thankful that Jeremy Pruitt made it so easy for them to just lay so much out there for the incidental a as they also try to avoid paying close to $13 million in a buyout. So I'm not going to pretend to know how all of that will play out legally if Jeremy Pruitt ultimately does – uh try to get some money I means he's, he's been trying but if Tennessee is
1: planning to not pay a dime Jeremy Pruitt did everything he could to help them not have to pay the ultimate interview in all this is that lawyer that threatened everything right before Halloween that's the guy you want to sit down with and if you could give truth serum just talk to him because boy he came across strong and I was wrong Josh I said just pay Jeremy Pruitt and move on because this lawyer probably does have more info. I didn't know that the NCAA already apparently had everything. I don't know what this guy's doing now, but McDonald's is hiring.
0: Yeah, well, so to that aspect, I, I still think it's debatable whether Tennessee should have just negotiated a buyout and moved along because okay, what, what Tennessee did to self-impose and cooperate with the NCAA you know, they didn't have to do it so publicly. You know, that can happen privately. They're not required to hold a press conference to announce all of it. So, you know, ultimately the notice of allegations come out. I know that, but, you know, I I do still wonder how much was recruiting in the 22 class affected by everything that was hanging over Tennessee's program from an NCAA standpoint. And part of that was being so public and uh, not knowing what was going to happen with Jeremy Pruitt. Could you have done things more privately uh, while still being cooperative, if you want to, with the NCAA, yeah, I think that's debatable. So uh, I'm not saying Tennessee was wrong in how it handled, but I do think that there was a different way that might have helped Tennessee on the recruiting. If I want true serum, I want it from Josh Heupel. I want him to, to tell us how much did the way everything went in 2021 affect what they were trying to do on
1: the recruiting trail for the 22 class. It's worked out for Hypal too, Josh, but it brings up the point that I've talked to people in coaching circles and I said, what do you think about this hypo hire? And everybody was lukewarm. They thought it might work. Now it has worked, but they thought it might work, but they didn't know for sure. I want to go back to the Philip Fulmer thing because I'm, I'm trying hard to defend him to some extent, just because I think he meant so much for the university. And I understand that he looks out for Philip first, but I go back and how much were his hands tied and the university's hands tied um, in, or not his hands, but the university's hands tied because of the hire he made beforehand and the NCAA issues that were out there. You know, people weren't crazy about the hypo hire when it happened. It's worked out. But I don't think Tennessee, as you go back to that latest hiring cycle, had a whole lot of options.
0: When, when hiring Josh Heupel?
1: Yes. I'm sorry. I got a, little, a confusing question. I yeah. Uh,
0: no, that's for sure the case. I mean, Tennessee reportedly went strong after Tony Elliott, who was the offense coordinator at Clemson. He didn't even have the head coaching gig. And he said, I'm good where I am. And a year later, he's willing to take the Virginia job. So that tells you, I think, something right there. And then when Josh Hypels hired, remember, it was not easy to find a defensive coordinator. He went after Al Washington at Ohio State and said, I'm good being a linebackers coach. Instead, hired Tim Banks, who... I think was a good hire. Uh, he's in a tough spot as the defensive coordinator at Tennessee, but no doubt the the program was unattractive to a lot of coaches and it had some, you know, it, it had a lot of baggage that was coming with it because it had that NCAA cloud over it. And it had uh, experienced so much change in the athletic director position. Now what's worked out is Tennessee to replace Philip former went out and got Danny white. I don't know where he ranks among athletic directors in the country, but I know he is extremely respected among his peers. And I I think for good reason. And he knew that, Hey, we can at least bring in Josh Heupel. Who's going to coach the offense really well. He's a guy that's going to be a good representative in that position. And we need, need an adult in that spot after uh, Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach for three years at Tennessee. And that has definitely worked out. Is Josh Heupel going to win championships? Is he going to recruit at that level? Because recruiting has improved time will tell, but Tennessee is without a doubt in a, a much better position on the field, behind the scenes, and publicly than it was 18 months ago. So in a weird way, things can can work out for Tennessee. Think about basketball. When Conzo Martin left, Tennessee hired Donnie Tyndall. That did not work out. He was only here for a year. But the timing ended up leaving Tennessee with Rick Barnes as the head coach because a year later he's out of Texas. He's looking for a new spot. He comes to Tennessee, and it's worked out very favorably for the Vols. Uh, and maybe the same can work out for Tennessee on the football side that things didn't go well and jeremy pruitt was not a good hire at all but the timing led to bringing in a good ad and danny white and what looks to be a good head coach and a good
1: representative for tennessee and josh heifel josh ward of the sports animal joins us every week brought to you by zool beer company again zoolbeer.com the great panoramic views right downtown and the tasty craft beer that wins awards all over the world that's zoolbeer.com downtown so josh thank you sir you can listen to him on the sports animal he is awesome i'm dave hooker this is a production of off the hook sports